Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years Years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menino. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. We're going to keep working on our music. If you have some music suggestions, please send them our way. It's fun. This is better than yesterday, (laughs) for sure. Uh, Guys, we are here because we want to grow. We want to get better together. Because when you know better, you get better. It is Tuesday, August 25th, 2020. Our quote of the day. In today's world, if people don't like something, they think it shouldn't exist. That is from our guest, Erica Nardini. She is the CEO of Barstool Sports. She's had an incredible rise in the C-suite world. Um, And we are going to be chatting with her all about running a company through COVID. The spider that's climbing down the wall right now. That's quite disturbing me. Um, Oh, I see him. And, uh, And kind of the path to management success and... How to how to kind of succeed in a, a very male-dominated company. I think there are a lot of lessons that we can learn from her, and I'm excited to chat with her today. Uh, and especially coming off the heels of our Tony Robbins Business Mastery mm-hmm. class, I think it's um, it's something that's in our brain. It's so ironic that today is the day that she is coming in to chat with us. So I think we're going to get to learn a lot from her. 
Um, if you haven't already, hit subscribe on that YouTube and join us every day here. Uh, if you subscribe, obviously you'll get those little notifications. So you don't miss an amazing episode. And we have so many incredible guests coming up that you guys are going to love. Um, and so uh, please do that. Also, obviously helps us as a show to build. And the more we build, the more we can serve. Um, and so thank you for that. Also, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you can find us in all different platforms. So one day you might want to watch on YouTube. The other day you might want to listen on your hike. So subscribe in those other areas, depending on which ones you use. Um, and if you could help us, we're trying to reach a thousand uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts. And thank you to everybody who has been commenting. They've been so beautiful and so amazing. Thank you. It really lets us know where we are and how we can best serve you guys. So thank you for that. Uh, if you haven't already, share an episode that you think will help your friends and your family. One of the things that I've really learned from Tony this week is, you know, really figuring out who you want to reach, who your customer mm -hmm. is, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, one of the things that I'm really focusing on is finding the people that never knew they needed this content, finding the people that never knew any of this kind of information existed, right? You kind of go through your life and the people that you're spending your time with is really what you're exposed to. So whatever they're doing, you might try. But if they're not trying these other healing modalities, if they don't have exposure to these top 1% minds in um, financing and investments and stuff, you're not going to know any of it. Mm -hmm. And there are little things you can do that can completely change your life. AJ Gupta, for example, in one of our episodes talked about how to pay off your mortgage 15 years, I think it was 15 years earlier, and it's not with the double payment every year, that's what everybody knows, right? It's with, instead of paying your full mortgage at the first of the month, split it into two payments. So do one at the first of the month, if your mortgage is $1,000, 500 on the first, and then 500 on the 15th. What that does is it shaves the interest, the time that the interest has to keep compounding and building up and therefore cuts down what you owe in your mortgage by I think it was 10 or 15 years. Magical wow. little things that if you know better, you can get better Yay. and you can optimize your life. So help us find those people that don't know any of these amazing tips and tricks can even exist. Um, yesterday's episode with Dr. Amen was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And yeah. to know that there are eight different things you can try that are natural to heal yourself of depression that are proven, like sniffing a lavender oil four times a day yeah. or adding saffron onto your food or making sure you're getting your vitamin D. And so mm -hmm. I was inhaling my vitamin, uh, not my vitamin, I was inhaling <laughs> my lavender oil last night in a whole new way, guys, because I do it every night before I go to yeah. bed and I put it all over my pillows and I just... <sighs> inhale it smells so good yeah. um but anyhow that's what we're here to do every day we're here to help you guys in your journey and i have access to the most amazing experts in the world because of what i've gotten to do over the years with the today show and all the shows that i've worked for so let me bring these people to you that's what we're doing every day and they'll help you the other thing that we have to offer is patreon a patreon obviously actually not obviously most a lot of people don't know is ad free which is awesome but also it gives us more latitude. We can, um, 
you know, pull clips from YouTube and go over them. We kind of have like our version of a book club with Mm -hmm. like spirituality stuff. (laughs) And so this Patreon this week is going to be game changing. We're going to share kind of our cliff notes from our Tony Robbins Business Mastery event, what we learned, what we're applying, how it's changed our lives, how it's helping us with you. And it was a $10,000 seminar that we are so grateful we got to be a part of. And we, like I said, learned so much. So we're going to bring that to you. So go over to Patreon. If you go into the summary of this show, you just click the link or you can go to my YouTube, my Instagram. Mm -hmm. You already changed Mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. So if you click on the bio, it will take you right to Patreon. It's uh, the $5 tier and up. Yep. And we're going to be doing a lot of really cool things in Patreon. So I'm excited to bring those amazing things to you. Very exciting. Um, one of the other things that's really exciting, guys, as I uh, look through the news, <laughs> there's been a new shrew oh, discovery. <laughs> <laughs> a weird elephant shrew was rediscovered after 50 years lost to science. Um, he's really cute, so I wanted to share him with you. Okay. Are you? I don't think Look you guys are ready for this. He's so cute. It's a video. You ready? Oh, he's oh, so a cute. Video too? It's a video. Just you wait. Okay, good. Oh, oh, god. oh my god! Look at his little nose. I'm obsessed. So obviously, this is why the podcast listeners have to subscribe to the YouTube so you can see the video as well. He's Seriously. got like a. When you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go-to for so many years and having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom. For a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus, having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully, our jobs and everything in between. But it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. Little point, a long pointy nose that would be like an elephant trunk that just didn't curl. Like who is and he is, and where do I get one? The rest of him looks like a mouse. Wow. He's really everything. He's so cute. Um, speaking of cute, we met the most amazing bulldog on our street yesterday. Ah, yeah, we did. And um, Kelsey, <laughs> he kept jumping all over Kelsey. He was the cutest dog in the world. And I have so much excitement, Jeff, because <laughs> I have always been highly allergic to all animals. Mm. And max was like my gift from god it was like god was like okay you need protection you need to feel safe i'm going to give you this guy and you're not going to be allergic to him i thought he was the exception but after a sweaty hike with my halle berry leg weights yesterday <laughs> yeah our one pound pores wide open i'm playing with the dog knowing i'm feet away from my house and that i'm going to jump in a shower and hopefully all will be well and if not benadryl or claritin would save me I played with this dog and I didn't get one hive, Mm -hmm. not one allergy. Mm -hmm. And the short haired dogs are the worst for me. 
So my dream may come true and I may get one of these guys along with a couple of goats. And I mean, honestly, even better than you not being allergic were the pictures that came out of it. <laughs> Do you have one? Can you share it? Let me see if I can. Uh, it's uh, no, it's going to be too many things. We'll get it up for you guys tomorrow. It's hilarious it was the cutest thing ever. hilarious i just I keep texting Bulldogs. i keep texting kevin pictures being like <laughs> i need him he keeps sending me the same picture i'm like yeah i know i see that <laughs> i'm surprised maria is this the longest you've been away from your pups i believe this might be the longest yeah how yeah. are you doing? It's hard. It's hard. I, I really got a good fill-in with this guy. Yeah, uh, so little Winnie, after her grooming the other day with her big smile, was killing me. Max, I mean, I'm talking to them through FaceTime. They could give two shits, but um, I'm trying. But uh, it was funny. I was looking at our guest today, Erica's Instagram, and she's got a dog named Tuca, of course, after an athlete. And um, and he's like this massive shepherd-ish kind of dog. So I got to ask her what he is. But I, it's cool here because we're, we had, we were driving somewhere the other day and it was like a turkey crossing. So we yes. had to wait for all the turkey to cross the road. And then the straggling babies. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. So we have a lot of wildlife here and uh, it's been fun. But I definitely, I miss, I miss my babies. Mm. They miss you too. I can like see on Max when I like, you know, he's in the window, but when I walk in, he's like hoping it's you and then seeing it's me. And he's obviously not as happy when it's me. Super upset. Yeah. He gets Uh very bratty, I guess, when I'm gone. Mm. But uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely, I remember last year when I was here for a month, he was um, crazy excited when I came home and I was like, oh, yay. He's going to sit on you. Yeah. I do. I just. I he's a horse. Guy. He is. He is a horse. But wouldn't it be great if I got an English bulldog that could handle Max? Yeah. Like poor Willie. Willie, Willie <laughs> suffers so bad in our house. Like it makes me want to find him. Well, I wouldn't find him a home. Violetta would take him. But mm-hmm. I feel so bad for him because it started like a love affair. And now he whacks him so hard. And he's got little back issues. So, but like this bulldog, oh, he could handle him. He'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That- pure muscle mm-hmm. like bulldogs i mean jeff oh my i can't even describe did you see the picture face. we sent you oh yeah it's adorable I my love face <laughs> hilarious anyhow hilarious. all right let's get to um our interview with erica she is one of the most respected c-suite execs in digital media whose experience ranges from High-level jobs in corporate conglomerates like AOL, Yahoo, and Microsoft to edgy startups and media companies like Barstool Sports as the company's first CEO, which we learned at Tony Robbins. Like, you get to look at your company and know where you're at. So Mm -hmm. they must have been at, like, teenager mode where, like, shit was going great. Everything was amazing. (laughs) And then you need to go to young adult mode, as Tony says, by bringing in you know, profesh peeps Mm -hmm. to take your business to the next level. So Mm -hmm. that's what they did, I'm pretty sure, um, if I got it all right, with Erica, because she came in and blew it up. She was named one of Fast Company's most creative people and one of the most powerful women in sports by Adweek and Forbes. She joins us today to discuss all things C-suite management and her journey to CEO, as well as standing your ground as a female exec in a man's world. Erica, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you are uh, also a Connecticut resident. I know you're from New Hampshire originally, right? Yep. 
So I'm from New Hampshire. I went to school in Maine. I spent a lot of time in Vermont. So New England girl for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Um, So let's talk a little bit about your journey. Um, We just came off the heels of Tony Robbins Business Mastery event. And we learned so much. I mean, what business has its own language and I was kind of ignorant to a lot of it. I've been, you know, accruing it along the way, but when you've never been in that corporate environment, you don't know a lot of it. And it's been really empowering and really exciting. And yeah, like he talks about where a company is. Okay. And so I was like, I feel like they were probably in teenage mode at Barstool and then um, they decided, okay, we've got we've to bring in, you know, a CEO that knows how to really scale this and take it to the next level. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Barstool was, I mean, you know Barstool from, you know, being from Boston. They were beloved, but there were, I don't know, 12 of them. They blogged from their apartments and their mom's basements and there wasn't a P&L and there wasn't really a company. We know and... what a PNL is now too. Oh, Profit and loss. <laughs> We're go. basically geniuses now, Erica. <laughs> we really are. You are going to have a fabulous company. Uh, so they didn't know that at that point in time. So you're way ahead of way ahead of where they were. But um, they had a huge brand and they had a huge vision and you know, kind of a legendary founder and Dave Portnoy. And they they wanted someone who had been places where they wanted to go and the rest is kind of history. So you come in and under four years, you like crush it. The company's valued at more than a hundred million dollars and you guys have grown everything in there exponentially. But before this, you were at kind of more traditional companies like a Yahoo. Um, yeah. You did AOL as well, right? Yep. So, so I had, um, go ahead. Was, was kind of, was your path always to be in that kind of C-suite management, did you ever think of having your own company? I had, um, yeah. So Barstool's been a wild ride. We've had we've had a crazy, exceptional, wild four years, uh, almost five years. Um, prior to that, I've worked at really big companies and then really small companies. I was always kind of going back and forth between the two. I. You know, I worked for Microsoft. I lived abroad. I was building a big global platform for them. And then I gave that all up and I went to go help launch a fashion startup, which didn't make it. And then I went to Yahoo and kind of did a big thing again. And then I went to Demand Media, which is really a company that was built on the back of Google. And we IPO'd. So that was kind of a startup experience. And then I went to AOL, which is again big, and then I had a small company in music called called Backstage, and then Barstool is kind of the perfect. It's like the it's like Goldilocks a little bit, which was like Barstool was the perfect fit. Which was when I got to Barstool in 2016, there were, um, you know, there were 12 people, so it was very it was a startup. It still feels a lot like a startup. We have about 250 people now. Um, but we've grown the company and, and we've changed and evolved a lot and really built, I think, pretty interesting business, but I I don't know. I always liked managing people. I always liked building things. I liked being part of a team. I was a big athlete. Um, and I love to work. So I think that, you know, I think 
there's sometimes you run across people who just want to be in management and who just want like the title and the like I have a very important job and I don't really give a shit about that I'm like I just want to build something and have some fun while we do it and do something that's meaningful and do something that um, that people like whether it's you know you have a business to business company where you service and make products for other businesses or you have in our case a consumer company uh, where you're making products for people so it's been, you know, I think it's been an interesting journey. I've learned a lot along the way. I think business, I mean, you know, is an it's an apprenticeship. So you kind of have to do it and and learn it as you go and and make mistakes along the way. And that's really what what I've done. Who do you feel like has been your best mentor along the way? And it could even be a book. It could be somebody you haven't even worked with. But where have you kind of gleaned your best advice from? Um a lot of people. So I, you know, I really like people and I'm very curious and I like to learn. And, you know, what a lot of people when they go into business have a business degree. Like I didn't have a business degree. I was a sociology major. Um, I was like taking the rocks for jocks classes. So it's, it's, I didn't come into business as like, I'm a business person. I, I was always a marketer. I wanted to market things. I wanted to tell stories. I always loved content. Um, I had a really fantastic woman named Joanne Bradford, who was very, very senior at Microsoft. Um, she gave me my first like really, really big break. Um, she had a woman who worked for her named Gail Troberman. Gail Troberman gave me a shot. I kind of ran with it and I worked for Joanne for three companies. So she was really instrumental for me. I was fortunate in that I had a really tough woman who I reported to. She was harsh. She was, you know, very driven. She had to compete, you know, this was in the early 2000s. So she had to, you know, I, I think women are so much more publicly empowered now than they were even then. Um, but I learned a lot from her. I learned a lot from Microsoft. Uh, so she was, she was really instrumental for me. I think she gave me a lot of, you know, in the same way when you're playing sports, like in college, I felt like I had some really great coaches and then I had some not so great coaches and I learned from both. Joanne was someone who really taught me how to be sharp in business uh, and how to be a good leader. And, and I, I'm like forever grateful for her. What were some of those lessons? Oh, like we there's there's like almost maria too many to count i'll give you like one day i remember we um we had a big sales pitch we had a big pitch with a client a customer and it was Joanne. all right friends let's talk about something we all do snack trust me i've definitely overindulged in the past but as you know i am focused on my health these days and I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor and it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios and then I got addicted and now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them.
Japan who ran all the sales for, for uh, MSN, which at the time was like one of the biggest properties on the internet, if not the biggest. And we had a sales guy and we went to a big customer pitch and it says me, Joanne, and the sales guy. And the sales guy didn't have his shit together. So he didn't have a pen, he didn't have a notebook, he didn't have the deck ready, like he didn't have, and Joanne expected it like that. Like you had to, and, and it's something I take with me to this day. Like if you're in the middle of a pitch and you know, you can be pitching anything, an idea, a product, a vision, you want to raise money. If you don't have your act together, like when you get in the room, yep. here's what we're doing, here's what I got, here's what I have for you. Um, you're kind of dead in the water. And I remember we were in New York City and we left the meeting and it was under like a bunch of scaffolding in New York and Joanne just fired him right there. And it was the exact right thing to do. Like the guy sucked, like he wasn't ready. He like didn't have his armor on. He wasn't prepped up. He didn't do the homework, <laughs> but it was also really aggressive to get fired right after the meeting. And I was like, ah, you know, like that's a good lesson. Fire fast. Wow. Fire fast. Yeah. What about staying sharp? What were what were the things that you learned about being sharp as a uh, businesswoman? A lot. Like, why did you have to listen? I think, you know, being really cognizant of what's what's being stated in a room and not being stated in a room and the politics and the dynamics inside a company and inside the company who you're trying to do something with is really important. I think the second thing is to be really clear on what you have to say, what you offer and what you want to do. Um, she and I used to always talk about, uh, my mind would go like a hundred places. I would be like, and this, and this, and this. And she'd be like, only ever say three things. Hmm, that's kind of what I told you uh -huh. the other day. I was telling Kelsey the other day, I said, listen, sometimes, cause I'm, I'm mentoring her. Yeah. I said, sometimes yeah. you're so excited. And I know I'm like this still, and I'm, I'm still honing it. I go, and you're kind of all over. I go, I need you to just have finite, quick bites yeah. of mm -hmm. like things that you're ready mm -hmm. to do. That's so funny. Yeah. Three things. And I've always to this day kept that. And now I give that to, to people I mentor, people I work with. You know, a lot of people when they start to interact with press, right? Like you, you know, learning how to work with the press, learning how to work with the media is important. It's also a skill you have to have discipline around it. But if you're trying to jam a hundred thoughts into something, people don't have a hundred ways to listen. They're, they're gonna pick up certain things. And if you hit three things and you hit them again and again and again, you're better off, your company's better off, your product's better off. So uh, that's, that was a very good lesson on being sharp for me. I love that. And I'm going to apply that in press interviews as well um, in a better way. I, I, I'm so glad mm -hmm. I just kind of learned that. And I will say after watching many, many interviews that you've done, you are like unflinching. You are so chill and they can't get to you. And one of the things that I was wondering was how is it, Nick, you said you have to grow thick skin, especially when you're working in a company like Barstool. Yeah. Um, you were the first female in the company. And mm -hmm. um, I, by the way, I loved the whole, you didn't man um, <laughs> you didn't negotiate a bathroom for yourself. That made me that was so stupid. die I was laughing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, how do you explain the process of growing thick skin, because I will say, um, 
I still have, I have a thick skin for some things, but for like that kind of criticism sometimes. And right now we live in such a divisive world where again, if, and we said it today is one of your quotes, if you don't like something, it shouldn't exist. And it's just, it's scary. So I'm like, ah, and I go into my turtle shell. I'm like, no, yeah. please don't be mean. Ah. <laughs> um, I, I think it takes it. I think it takes time, and I think it's something that you will always work on. Like I, to this day, still have to work on it. Um, one is, I think, you know, in being unflinching, I think it's always important to remember, like, who you are. And this has been a big thing for me with Barstool. Is like, who am I talking to? Am I talking to a friend? Am I talking to a partner? Am I talking to someone who has what what is the agenda of the person who I am talking to? And very often, you know, my biggest one of the biggest learnings I've had here in is that there's everyone has their own agenda, right? And sometimes that agenda is good for me and sometimes that agenda is very not good for me. And who I am has to be consistent in both scenarios, but you need to be cognizant of that. Um and I think it's hard to, I, I think it's easy to have like a gut emotional reaction on things of, and to be hurt by them or to be, especially as a woman, right? Like, I feel like we're very sensitive. I think it's very easy to blame yourself um, first without really thinking about the whole situation and kind of taking a step back and looking impartially at a situation. Um, and then at some point you just have to stop caring. Like if you're right with yourself, you're right with the people who you're close to in real life. Um, you have things that keep you interested and motivated and you can stay, you just have to stay the course on that. Like hmm. Twitter for us, like Twitter is this whole like rigmarole hmm. of, of hate and vitriol and humor. And, and there's amazing things about Twitter. We live on Twitter, but you also have to remember it's not real life. And if you are judging yourself and defining yourself by what a bunch of people with a hundred followers or two followers or a thousand followers say on Twitter, then like, who really cares? You like, you can't do that. That's not, that's not how you should lead your life. So, so I think it's a process, but I also, you know, I, I think it's important to be really clear on what is it you're trying to do? Like what makes you happy? Building this company makes me so happy. I love my job. And so, sure, do people do people hate on Barstool Sports? Do they hate on me? Like, yes, all day long. But you know what? Like, it's very easy to lob bombs at someone from the sideline and to never build anything. And I'm like, you know what? Like, you can love me. You can hate me. That's cool. Like, I'm building something really special. And I think if you can keep yourself focused, put your eyes there, not where, not your eyes on everybody else, I, I think it helps you in that, in that journey. Great advice. I mean, if you really think about it, you can't please everybody. No. So if you are in that race of trying to please everyone, you're never going to win and you're only going to continue to hurt yourself. And so yeah. I love that. That's great advice. And recently I got advice from um, Joe Ahern. He was the um, president of ABC for years in Chicago, Found um, discovered Oprah actually. Okay. And he was advising me and he's like, just ask yourself, what is their motive? It's so yeah. important. It's basically yeah. what you said. He just said it yeah. in a different way. What is their motive? And, and you know, my husband always says, he's like, they don't pay my bills. They're not my family or my friends. Like, yeah. why am I going to care what they have to say about me? I know who I am. But it's it's hard to, 
you know, when when our goal always is to be liked, right? Yeah. As humans, we want everyone to like us. We want, you know, um, that's one of the things that we want. It's hard to, you know, start to make that line of, okay, where am I going to care? Where am I going to not care? But yeah. it's great advice. Yeah, I think it's like, it's easy not, it's easy to be scared and to be, um, muted or cast in other people's opinions of you or motives, right? Or agendas, whatever you want to call it. And at the end of the day, like that's not a very fulfilling life. If you have to check yourself every time you want to do something by things that are totally outside of your control. And, you know, my dad used to say this to me all the time, which is like the best control is no control. And I always think about that because I'm like, you know what? Like, HBO sports wants to do a hit piece on Barstool sports. Like I can't control that. I can control if we participate in it. I can control what I do during that interview. I can control who I present and what we share. But you know what? Like at the end of the day, like I don't control them and I shouldn't want to. I should only, I should really let that go and focus on the things that I can have impact on and that are positive and that mean, that actually and, and truly mean something. And so, you know, I think that that's what we really try to hold to hold true and hold dear. I think that was like a free therapy session for everybody. I know, no kidding. Um, I'm going to write everything. You're going to write everything she just said down. I'm putting it on my mirror. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read it every day until mm-hmm. it becomes solid. That. I love it. Tony Robbins. I love it. Well, I also, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, you know, you you took this kind of corporate approach to your career um but I never got I never got clarity was there ever a point where you were like I'm gonna go build my own company I mean in a sense Barstool kind of is your own company you did build it I remember my mom always struggling with her hair it's Frizi Maria my mom would say in her Greek accent what do you have I tried so hard to find her products I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Um, but have you ever just wanted to do your own thing? I, now I, now I would, I don't think I had the, Maria, like, I don't think I had the courage to do it at the beginning of my career. That's, that's why I always loved Dave Portnoy, right? Like Dave Portnoy was, I don't know, 24, 25, gave up everything to create Barstool Sports, like everything, like no money, no job, like just himself. Like, and I always truly loved that about him because when I was 24 and 25 like I was in the job that like everybody thought I should be in do you know what I mean and I was more I don't know if it's a gender thing or a person thing I just I early in my career I really felt that I had to follow a way more predictable path 
And, you know, thankfully along the way, I met people who were like, jump, you know, go, go, go learn, go build something else. Um, I was always like a really good number two. Like I would like, I was always a really good number two. And now I'm more interested in like, okay, I have the confidence. I have the experience. I know I can do it. Um, I've proven to myself and to others what I can accomplish. Like, would I go create other things? And like, maybe in the future I will. Um, right now I'm very happy where we are here, but I think it was, it was hard for me not to have the security of like, okay, I'm working, I have a paycheck, I can pay my bills, I can take care of my debt. Like it was, I didn't have the like balls to the wall, like screw it, I'm gonna throw everything up and create something on my own. I ended up in a place where we're building something and kind of like have that screw it, let's build it attitude. And I'm most happy here. So I, you know, in some part wish that I had done it earlier, but I also kind of think everything happens for a reason. And this is where, this was the time and the place and the, the group of people that I was supposed to do that with. But, you know, my advice to, to people is like, if you have a big idea and you want to go start something, build a media company, create a product, create a clothing line, like whatever it may be, like, just do it, just start. And the worst thing that can happen is it totally bombs and you know you fail and then okay you go back to doing what you were doing before you find you find something new so but first take tony robbins business mastery class (laughs) (laughs) so you know what you're doing Um, well, I mean, he talks about like less than 5% of businesses last or survived. I think it was a 10 year mark. 4%. Yeah. Um, and so when you look and when you start to learn all the principles behind it, you realize, oh my gosh, so many people enter a business having absolutely no clue thinking Mm -hmm. that passion and enthusiasm is going to do it. And Mm -hmm. that might get you somewhere, but it's not going to keep you there. And so it was, it was fascinating, but with you, What's amazing is you can't um, you can't learn some of the things that you've learned without going through the journey you went on. And like I said, you did end up in a place where you did kind of build your own thing. I mean, you took a ten million dollar company and you made it a hundred million dollar company plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you know now if you were to jump out and do something, you'll have a completely different confidence behind you. Yeah. And so, you know, everybody's journey is their journey. Um, but I wonder with, you know, a lot of college grads right now who are scared and, you know, the workforce is what it is right now. What advice do you have for them if they want to pursue kind of more your path? You just kind of gave advice if they had an idea and they want to be an entrepreneur, just go for it. I actually agree. I think this is the moment because yeah. if you fail, no one's going to blame you. <laughs> yeah, 100%. there's so many things you can blame it on. Um, you know, it's funny, like I'll give you an example. I went to Colby College, which is a, a school in, in Maine, NESCAC school. And this during the quarantine, there were these two, I think they were lat- lacrosse players from Colby who were seeing that there was a surplus of lobsters, the lobster fishermen in Maine had so many lobsters they couldn't they were they couldn't sell their lobsters because restaurants weren't open and no one was buying lobsters so they rented a refrigerated truck and started to drive to new york city to boston to new york city to philly to the hamptons to nantucket well probably not to nantucket actually because they seem to have a lot of lobster but 
and they started a lobster, a main lobster delivery company. It like went off. They bought a refrigerated truck. Like they made a business for themselves that was just completely opportunistic that you couldn't have anticipated before the pandemic. Um, and, and I think that was great. Like, look, their spring semester was like kind of blown to pieces. They were like, we have time on our hands. We see a local problem. We're going to try to solve it. And then the, it got bigger and bigger and they got enough money and they could invest in the business and they could brand it. And, but you know, for the first two months they were texting like Colby college alumni to be like, Hey, does anybody want new lobsters? Like this is how you get a lobster. Um, so I, I think that now for college kids in particular is a really good time to start. If you have an idea, you can do something with it. I think there's going to be people who just get lazy because everything's on zoom. You can kind of mail it in. Nobody's pushing you. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to get dressed. You don't have to show up. You don't have to go to class. And I think that will be the majority of people will get just lazy and not tired, but just mail it in. And then I think there are people who are going to do something. I also think, you know, we see this a lot at Barstool is like kind of speaking more to my path is, you know, look, there's all these companies right now. They, you know, there's people with time and people with need job needs. And so my, what I always say to college kids is like, if you want to get into business, just start doing something like, you know, volunteer to volunteer, volunteer your time, start a podcast. If you're interested in content, um, offer to intern with a commerce group, a sales group, a product group, whatever it may be, um, to get, to get the apprenticeship, to get the experience, like, and, and it's those people when the economy does come back or when people start hiring or people go back to work, I think it's those people who deserve the job more than anyone else. Um, get involved at your campus. Like, you know, what's the new campus newspaper? What's the new, like, what is it? You know, I'm, I'm a media person, you know, kind of on the different side of the table than you, but like, I always think in media, but there are all sorts of jobs, you know, like you're interested in healthcare. Okay, great. We're in a global pandemic. I'm sure there is a hospital, a testing organization, blah, 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 that you could get involved in. And I think it's just that initiative to, to put your money where your mouth is and really show up and start to do things. And those people will be the people who get ahead. Yeah, for sure. Especially when you identify a need. And right now there are so many needs. So many needs. You know, like if you look at, you know, look at like tutoring, right? You look like edu every, there's so much uncertainty around education right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if you have a skill, how can you make education better? And that sets you up for whatever your career <laughs> may be. Same with healthcare, um, same with the food industry, the restaurant industry, like, you know, that industry is be being decimated. Is there a way, but delivery seems to be, you know, like the great white hope for the restaurant business. Okay, can you create a bar delivery business? I don't know, but like, if you have a good idea, you might as well try it and see if it works. And then either you can get a job with someone or you could create your own business from that. Yeah. How has it been managing people through COVID? Um, you know, I imagine, uh, you know, a lot of people wanted, my husband calls it a snow day. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you guys yeah. didn't shut down. No. So how do you manage 
people who, because I know you said even you, you're working harder than ever. You've had to abandon your kind of wellness and health and all of that and working harder than ever. How did you manage people through that? And um, yeah. Uh, So I think the funny thing about the pandemics is kind of had like a lot of phases, like what we needed to do in March is pretty different than what we need to do now, if that makes sense. Like in the beginning, we needed to settle everyone. We needed to get situated in a new environment. Like, hey, everybody's gonna be working from home. You've gotta make your you've got to make your content. You've gotta do your job from where you live. And the need at that point, what I really felt from a managing people perspective was just connectedness. Like you feel connected there's a security to it there's like this is what we're working on doing right like get situated and then i think the next phase in kind of managing people was um okay we have to do business differently right you know the ad business which propels most media companies and podcasts was getting pretty decimated the big you know multi as a first-time mom of the baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Your deals with big lucrative partners like those guys were all cutting spending because there's so much uncertainty about consumer spending. So it was like, okay, we need to shift who we talk to, what we offer them, how we price things. Uh, Our salespeople had to figure out, you know, like, how are you going to make a Zoom pitch compelling? Um, So so the, the next phase was really adaptation in terms of like, okay, where are we? We still need to hit revenue numbers. Uh, We still need to drive the business. We still need to make great content. How are we adapting our production structure? How are we adapting our show formats? How are we adapting our business model? And then, and I would really say since then, it's like, how do we, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about how we accelerate. Like my personal belief is that everyone, kind of to your husband's example, like people are like, oh, I've been off for four months. They think it's a snow day or they're scared. Um, And fear makes people small and retreat. And my thing is like, all right, great. If everybody else is retreating, like I'm gonna triple down and go three times as fast because daylight's burning and I can, you know, I can make up ground that no one else can. Like we, we just, you know, we just signed Deion Sanders, right? Which was like, we're so excited about Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is electric. I think half the reason we got Deion Sanders is because we got on a plane and no one else would get on a plane. And I was like, you know what? Like I'll mask up, I'll suit suit up, I'll do the hazmat thing. Like, I don't care. Wait, we did that too. Did you get a lot of bad looks? Got a lot of bad looks. Yeah, so bad. 
Nobody <laughs> wants to see you after you've been on a plane. I'm fine with that. Like, I'm like, I'm good. But, you know, I think there's something right now where people can just get dull very quickly. And I don't mean personality dull, but I think that that kind of comes with it too, is that when you stop being sharp and putting yourself out there and doing things, it's like when you stop running, you know what I mean? Like when you stop exercising and you try to go exercise again, you're like, oh God, it's like, it's I just got slow and heavy and like, I just lost my edge. And I think the same thing is true in business. And you gotta keep, you gotta find a way, if you really wanna win, you've gotta find a way to keep your edge. If you like a snow day and you wanna be comfortable and invisible, like now's an awesome time. But if you want to do something, then you got to push out of the bubble and get out of the comfort to do it. Did you have a hard time motivating employees to not want the snow day? I think it varies by people. There are people to this day who still treat it like a snow day, like where I'm like, and what we did was we started managing productivity. So I look at like, every phone call a business person makes, every deal we strike, every piece of content that we drop, every social post we make. So we have a lot of transparency in terms of, you know, who's working and who's not. Um, and what you find in any company, it's always the same people. Like your best people are the people that are like, I'm, go I'm going, I'm up, I'm doing my thing, I'm doing my thing, I'm doing my thing. Um, and then it's kind of the same people who are like, oh, I got like, sorry, I got distracted or excuse this or excuse that. So um, we're still trying to figure out how to motivate people. And, you know, the people who are going to be with us long run, long term and long run are the people who are motivated. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, they were talking about it in the business mastery class. It's like the A players, they don't need motivating. They wanted yeah. that A plus in their report card. Yeah. Yeah. They don't make excuses. They're not constantly apologizing for mistakes because they're not making them. They're just like, we want to win. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is a distinguishment in this time period. It's hard. Like at first you were lucky if you kept your job mm -hmm. and then at some point you looked at everybody around you and they were like, wait, they're making more money staying home. Why am I working? And so there's a lot of emotions attached to all of this for everybody. And then the fear exhausts people. So, you know, you can't take away from the fact that people are afraid and it has weighed heavy on them and they're tired and we are working harder and maybe more now than we were before. But at the end of the day, you have to think, well, where do I want to be? Right. And, and do I want to be a winner? Like, do I want to win right now? And so it's, it's a tough choice. <laughs> and some days you don't always feel like you want to win. Like I'm, I have a lot of energy. I'm like, I need to be doing something all the time. So I, for me, I'm like, there's no choice, but to do something. And like, I had to manufacture for myself things to do so I wouldn't get bored, but <clears throat> you know, for some people it's different. There's a lot of emotion that's happening. You know, you look at our offices in New York City. Most people who work for Barstool Sports live in New York City. New York City's tough right now. Like it's not a happy party time in New York. It's lonely. If you live alone, you, you feel constrained. There's a lot of anxiety. Like all that stuff is very, very natural um, and very, very prevalent right now. You know, a lot of people had to go home. They were like, hey, I'm living with my parents. Like. On one hand, that can be awesome. On the other hand, like that can totally suck. Like, so 
there's just a lot at play. And I think people who have a plan and who are like, this is what I'm going to focus on. It's kind of back to the three things. Like, here's what I'm going to get done today. Here's what I'm going to get done this week or this month. Those are the people who seem to be thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to the, you know, kind of the a, your A players or the, the motivators who are just like, I'm, I'm doing something regardless. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. So what have, um, what has your kind of health and wellness approach been before COVID and after? Because when you are a type A overachiever like you are, um, there comes a point in everybody's life where you realize, oh shit, stuff's going wrong. I need to start Mm -hmm. taking care of myself. And for me, it was my brain tumor. For other people, hopefully it will never be a brain tumor, but that's- dramatic yeah that's, <laughs> that's where this was born because it was like wait a second I oh, need to make some changes in my life and I need to go on this journey and and deep dive and how to get better yeah. and yeah. so I wonder what you were like before in that area and then where you're at now even if it's not applied yet where you w- might want to go okay so I am I will work myself to the bone like I have I'm very, I, that's one of the, I hate that about myself, but I, if I'm given the choice of doing something for someone else or working versus exercising or sleeping enough or taking a break, I will always choose the other thing. And that is, I can get depleted. Um, and I was noticing that, I mean, we did uh, Penn National, you know, put a massive investment in varsity sports. Uh, we closed that deal in February. I did nothing but that deal for probably seven to eight months, like killed myself on that. So I was walking into COVID pretty tired, to be honest with you, and kind of run down. Like I was just beat. Um, and actually in that regard, COVID for me has been like an awesome experience because it gave me back, you know, I wasn't commuting every day. And being on a zoom call so much made me kind of itchy like it just was like i can't be on a video all day so i started to run so i started to run every day made a run club i was like you just have to run two miles like i it and at first it like sucked running two miles sucked yeah i I read that you weren't a runner but you started this i wasn't i mean i was a runner in college and then i just always had the excuse of like oh i was a big athlete in college so i'm just tired of working out and i basically didn't work out for 20 years after college (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then I started during coronavirus and now, you know, I play hockey. I, um, I play hockey and I, and I run mostly. Wait, are you playing ice hockey? Yes. I'm learning how to play ice hockey. Okay. You know, hockey was my favorite sport growing up. Such a great sport. And I, 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 I was ish. Um, I, I got the male coach, the male team coach at Medford high school to accept me to play on the men's team. They were number one in the state, by the way, because he would see me play floor hockey with them. And I was like, Cam Neely, I was hat trick queen. And so, um, I lived for it, but then my mom wouldn't let me. (laughs) Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Um, I, I would recommend picking it up before my age. (laughs) those hip checks oh it's probably no checking right yeah um but I love it so much so so anyways I think that like in terms of my like health and wellness like I think there's always stress like 
anyone who's really motivated to do something and to put themselves out there is going to have stress um, and competing priorities. And but the the thing that's been good for me over the last you know I, I would say four to five months is I've just put more of an emphasis on my physical fitness and I now I just kind of force myself to do it where I'm like I, if I have to get up at six a.m. and bang out a run like, oh. let's get up at six a.m. bang. I know it's so brutal, but oh. now it's like my head. So. <laughs> well, okay, so it's hard at first, and then it gets easier. Mm-hmm. And then, are you still in that? Okay, now I'm in a rhythm, and it's it's pretty easy. No, now I'm like a psycho. So now I'm like, maybe I'll run the Boston Marathon. Oh, like, no. like no. <laughs> I'm a loser. So. But it's kind of funny, like I kind of see two extremes. I think people during this time have either like let it all go and they're like eating chips on the couch or people are like crazy, crazy, crazy fit. Um, I also think that people are, you know, like for me, I never ate at home. I never slept at home. I was always on the road. Like I was always on a plane. I was always traveling. And so I think the adjustments in your, I think the good thing that's happened in this time is that people are more, you know, what the way I describe it is you're more acutely aware of your circumstance because you are forced to be in your circumstance. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that's changed. So I'm like, all right, well, let's make my circumstance better. Um, Because you can't, you're not distracted by, you know, I used to be out like three or four nights a week. I would be on the road, you know, two, two nights a week, at least two or three weeks a month. And now I'm more stationary and I don't like to be stationary. So I'm like, all right, how do I create that same level of excitement and how do I do it in a way that's healthy? Yeah. It's funny when you talk about that stationary thing, because it really is finally, collectively, we're all being more present. So even yes. I'm noticing different foods that are affecting me that I never would have yes. noticed before. Um, and so it's it's great if you can look at it like that and take advantage of the moments that we have because we don't know. This could be our new normal forever. This could be our new normal till next summer. Yes. Uh, but um, these are the moments. There's so many good things to take out of this time um, to get better. So... Yeah, I think it's like all what you make of it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's there's shitty, really shitty things that are happening right now in the country, in society, around the pandemic. And then there's also some really good things happening. And I think the, the thing that I always think about is like, what's inside of you? Like, are you making the most of what you have and what you have to offer? And if you are, and not every day is going to be great. Not every month is going to be great. Not everything is going to be great. But then you can at least feel like, hey, I'm making the most of what I'm of the, the what I have. And that to me is like that's really all you can ever ask for. Yeah. How old are your kids, by the way? I have a nine-year-old and an eight-year-old. Got it. So have you made your decision on homeschooling versus going back to school? No, no, we're going back. You're going back. I love it. I am going back. Oh, you're like, get them out of here. (laughs) Out of here. I'm like, I'm just not going to be afraid of a virus. I'm just not. Like, we'll take whatever precautions. Obviously, I want to be sure things are safe. Um, But I think we need to get back. I I don't think that being at home is good all the time is good for everybody. I think socially it's very tough. I think if you're a kid, it creates a lot of anxiety. 
Um, I think kids have so much anxiety now versus when I was a kid or we were kids, like just, you know, you used to worry about if someone else was having a party and you didn't get invited to a party. Now you're worried about everybody on Instagram, which is like hundreds of kids or thousands of kids versus like five kids. So I think getting back into a routine, getting back with other people, I think people should be with people. Um, obviously in a way that's safe and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, I'm on the like, I'm back to work. I'm like, we're back. It's so fascinating to hear everybody's different opinions on all of this. It's totally, so... and it's all over the place. It yeah. Um, I wanted to know, and I, I think I know the answer. I think it's hockey, but what's your mm. favorite sport? Oh, okay. Hockey for sure. Okay. Um, hockey for You're from sure. New Hampshire. Of course it's got to be I hockey. I know. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> uh, I love football, though. If I had to choose, mm. like, football, football and hockey. And you're a football, yeah? I am. Well, so I grew up hockey. I still have yeah. all my newspapers from the 92 series, uh, okay. Boston Bruins versus Edmonton yeah. Oilers. Uh-huh. Um, then when they went on strike, I was in college. So I'm... I think two years younger than you were pretty much the same age. So you'll remember when hockey went on strike and that's when I met my husband and he was like football and basketball. Now I played basketball terribly then much better now. Um, And he was like getting me into football and basketball and watching it. And I hated watching it. And Mm -hmm. so at first I, I finally got into it. And it was, I remember the final season that I remember watching before they got good. It was like, you know, the Celtics were in last place yeah, and, and I was like, yeah, but we're like, we're really, we got really good players. And I was like, we're going to be <laughs> fine. We're going to do this. And, and then the Patriots make it to the Super Bowl against the Rams. Mm-hmm. And I'm working for Channel One News, which was a high school based um, news program. Yeah. And it was right after 9-11. And I go to the first Super Bowl the Patriots were at or that they won yeah. and they win. And I sneak onto the field with 9-11 security and my boss had said if you get on the field get a stand-up I had a tape and so I had to beg somebody during a big massive victory to take their tape out put mine in I'm like I'll get it in one take cameraman did it I got the take and then I'm like celebrating and Kevin's like oh that's awesome he's like of course you become a fan and then all of a sudden they win the first time he's like we've suffered for years and then the celtics of course have a turnaround and then through our relationship the red sox have a turnaround and the bruins have a turnaround i'm like i was the lucky you're like i'm the charm it was so funny but yeah die hard die hard fan but yeah now hockey definitely lost me because football and basketball became my my biggest kind of fandom things and my husband and I got to enjoy it together and he wasn't a yeah. hockey fan growing up yeah. so, so kind of that yeah he stole me but yeah. I do love playing and I still okay. love watching I, I'm you know I jump in when they're you know in the playoffs and stuff yeah. but um football and good. what they're looking good I know I know Celtics good. too yeah, very good. 76ers. Let's go. See you later. I mean, <laughs> it's so exciting. I am psychotic, psychotic about my sports. So do you mm-hmm. have like rituals and stuff? I, yes. So I don't, it's so funny. I don't like to watch football with other people. I'll watch hockey with other people. Mm-hmm. So I can like, I don't like to watch football with other people, especially Sunday night football. Really? So I'll like crawl up to my bed and like lie in bed and watch it by myself. Is it because you want to analyze? 
No, I don't know. It's like, I don't, I don't know what it is. Crazy thing. I don't like, if I find that if I'm around a lot of other women, they're not watching. I don't like, okay, two things I don't like. I don't like going to a corporate booth because then all the business people mm-hmm. just want to talk, 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 and nobody watches the game. It drives me nuts. And then I feel rude when I just want to watch the game. Yep. And then I find if I'm around a lot of women, they don't really give a shit about the game either. And then it becomes like I'm half in a conversation and half watching the game. Yes. So I'm like, I just rather watch it by myself. I I really enjoy when Kevin and I get to watch it just alone and I can yeah. analyze because I am so crazy that I want to feel the energy of the game. Yeah. And and I'm like playing it. So I'm sweating watching it yeah. with them oh, yeah. because I feel like I'm in it. And then yeah. I'll always have the take that my husband is just like blown away by because I'm like, oh, no, no, he's got this. And he's like, why? And I'm like, look at that. Look at that little thing in his shoulders or look at this because I feel it. And I had a conversation with um, with Larry, actually, and my husband's still jealous about this. So I always get invited by the Celtics to sit at their table at the NBA Awards. Yes. And uh, last year, Larry was there, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to talk to Larry. So I go over, I tap Larry on the shoulder, which is pretty ballsy, too. Yeah, and sure. he turns around, and I'm like, Larry, I've watched all <laughs> your YouTube videos. I've seen every moment. I've seen you tell them, oh, don't worry. I'm going to inbound the ball. They're going to pass to me. I'm going to shoot it from here. I'm going to score. This is exactly my play. And he does it. He's not faking them out. I'm like, I've watched everything. I said, I feel like there's, um, there's something that takes over your body when you are so connected energetically. I'm like, I feel like once you click into that thing and to that gear or whatever, you don't even know what you're doing. It's just, you could do anything. You could like fly 50 feet into the air, somersault, glide, and like everything just happens. There's just like an energy that comes from the ground through your body and then you are God. And he goes, yeah. 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 (laughs) And I had the same conversation with Sugar Ray because I'm like, "I, I just watch you guys. And when they're so great at what they do, I feel like there's another greatness that comes in they don't even know they have. I agree with, I think that's the thing with great athletes in general. Like I play hockey with this professional women's player who something Maria just happens to her. Mm -hmm. She doesn't Mm -hmm. think it's not like, she's not almost not conscious. Yes. Her body becomes like Gumby and then she just like flies and scores. And yeah, I think it's the same thing. Like, it's like, you're exactly right. You like click into the mode and then it's like super mode. Yeah. It's like when you watch um, the Jordan doc, right? Mm-hmm. So we're obsessed with all the 30 for 30s. The Jordan doc yeah. was everything. It's the same thing with him. He was just so laser focused. And then that kind of like, it's so funny. I don't know. It's it's sports is the greatest oh, reality <laughs> show in the world. Greatest. And um, and it, it must be really special as a, a fan of sports to be able to to do that for a living. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, we, we kind of work in sports and we kind of work in the internet and entertainment, but um, I think that sports is, you're exactly right. Like you never know what's gonna happen. Nothing is a given. Mm-hmm. And the stories that come from sports and the characters that come oh. out of sports and like the rivalry. And I, I think it's just like, I I hope to be around sports like my entire life. Um, because I just think it's so fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just I like whenever whenever something's happening, I'm like, it's the Tom Brady. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. And then we have the same thing. Something bad happens. We're like, we're on to Cincinnati. Like we're just we're. And everyone's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, what does that mean? I know everything in our life is a sports quote. Completely. Um, or a sports analogy or yeah. something because um, like my husband would always call me Shaq. He's like, you're like Shaq-a-doodle. He's like, I need you to be Garnett. Like, I need you to have that focus and that psychotic drive and 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 d- jump down and do your knuckle push-ups after they beat you down. And I'm like, but so I think this is who I am. He's like, no, no more Shaq-a-doodle. <laughs> I totally get that. So it's, it's fun. Anyhow, this is such a fun conversation and I love, um, I love getting in your head about, you know, your journey and, and this is just the beginning. You're so friggin' young. Like, it's so crazy to think of where you can go from here. Um, and so thanks for taking the time. I know I'm going to be doing your show soon. I hear you are. you're coming on my show. Yes. I'm going to convince you to buy a women's hockey team with me. Um, in a second. I know. I think it'd be fun. In a second. They need but, to reimagine like content around it too. And I think you would be perfect for that. So um, I'm going to on that. First of all, I just want there to be checking because I need to get in there and play. hundred percent. I need to do something with these hips <laughs> because oh they're a lot God. bigger in COVID right now. Yeah. I got on a scale the other day. I'm like 10 pounds. And I'm like, how? I'm eating from the garden. I'm so healthy. And then I go, maybe it was all the chips and salsa. Yeah. We had a little come to Jesus moment. We were like, oh man. A lot of and chips and salsa. But yeah, <laughs> I'm obsessed. And I think that would be so much fun. And also I'm inviting myself to your town. I'm not going to say where you live out loud on the show but i'm coming down to explore yes do it Um, i'll make sure we get connected perfect uh all right cool well erica thank you so much uh we will be in touch we're we're gonna do a field trip (laughs) to another part of the state all right right. thanks for having me of course oh wait one last question oh what is tuca a shepherd mix oh he's a leon burger a what huh (laughs) called a leon burger he's great He's six months old, probably like one twenty-ish. He's gonna be a beast. But they're—it's a dog, so- by the way, everybody. I saw her dog on Instagram, and I'm like, holy moly, he's massive and adorable. But he's a baby. He's a baby. But the thing with the Leon burgers—they're like a brown body, and then their face looks like they just dunked it in a bottle of, in a like jar of paint. So they're very cute. Oh, okay, cool. I get to meet him. Yes. <laughs> I've been away from my dogs for like six weeks, maybe seven weeks now. So I'm like, it's like dog crazy. I get you to come out. You can have mine. Okay, perfect. All right. All right. Thank you Bye, so guys. much. Bye. Bye. So fun. I would have never guessed. I've never heard of a Leon I, burger. Yeah. You said Leon first. burger. I don't know. Leon. What, what was it? Jeff? What was it, Jeff? It's, I actually just looked it up. It is a Leon burger okay. and they're German dogs. So <laughs> they must oh, be... I love... When I said burger the second time, I thought of the actual burger and I'm like, I don't think it was burger. I think this is me dreaming of a burger right now. I want to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> Maria's like, I'm hungry. Oh, I want to meet him. Wow. That was awesome. That was so fun. She's amazing. She is. She's um, great. All right. Well, guys, if you haven't heard her podcast, it's called Token CEO. It features some of the most interesting female leaders in business. Uh, I'll be joining in a couple of weeks to announce our hockey team. Um, yes. Of course, uh, you can find her on Instagram, uh, EKA Nardini, um, and on Twitter, Erica Nardini, or you can 
can follow Barstool Sports, of course. We'll put all of that in the link uh, in the summary. Tomorrow, we are featuring stress expert Kelly McGonigal, whose uh, TED Talk on the upside of stress has over 20 million views. Her book on the same topic was a bestseller. So we are very excited to have Kelly on the show. I wonder if she's going to tell us to do this. Yeah, right. I was teaching Kevin last night in bed, Dr. Eamon's Techniques. I taught Laura some havening last night too. Right? I talked to my mom. Okay, so you guys. I just wonder like <laughs> if uh, if a lion is coming to attack me, if it really will shut down the fear center of my brain. Should we yeah. test this out? Dr. Hammond. Yeah. Yes, have a lion come attack me. And yes, I lion. I will shut off my fear. He will still eat me, but I won't be afraid when he eats me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Again, as always, please subscribe. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Share it with your friends. And uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow. In the meantime, follow us at Jeffrey Crane Graham at Kelsmeyer22. Two. A two? Hey, now. Okay. At Maria Menounos. (laughs) And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present.